Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Forward Church. Listen, I'm so glad you tuned in to today's podcast. I hope it challenges you and inspires you to go after God and be all that God's called you to be. Enjoy today's message. Amen. Turn to your neighbor, tell him, say, the struggle is real. So we're in this collection of talks, and this is actually going to be uh, part two. We'll pick up part three in two weeks after the worship night. Um, but we've been dealing with this subject entitled, The Struggle is Real. And the reason that I felt like it was important for us to lean in, everybody say lean in. I'm going to need you to lean in a little bit tonight because it's going to be very short, but the subject matter that we're going to be dealing with tonight is very, very crucial and critical to what I believe will be the success of your faith journey. Everybody say faith journey. You're on a faith journey. But the reason that I felt like we needed to lean in to this direction is because I told you last week I've seen too many people in church and in ministry that have walked away, they've opted out of the faith journey. I mean, people that are gifted, people, people that, that, that have a purpose, people that have great potential, people who have gifts and callings, like you would, you know that God's hands on their life, but for whatever reason, unbeknownst to us, we didn't know there was a struggle or a conflict on the inside, but they knew it, and they turned and walked away from church. Everybody say, oh me. Right in the middle of their faith walk. So I felt like it was important to kind of, to kind of, to push that back a little bit and maybe, maybe analyze, are we responsible for some of the reasons that people have turned and walked away from the church? What happened? I, Matt, you probably already seen, you've, I, I saw it the very first day that it came out, the pastor, how many saw the pastor, um, 30 years old, committed suicide? I dug a little deeper and found out, this is out in California, if I'm not mistaken, he was actually, has been battling depression and anxiety for all of his life. And he actually went on a sabbatical for the summer months, came back, and I actually watched that service of his return with his wife. And he was thanking the church and all the leadership and all of those that surrounded him, and I just began to cry at the, at the table. I had already seen it, but I was showing it to Amy. Because on the outside, you would have thought everything was great. I mean, his presentation, everything, like he was just legit. But inside, he was battling Demons, demon, I, I just believe it's a demonic spirit. Depression is a demonic spirit. Anxiety is a demonic spirit. You can go to the doctor and try to get something, but what you really need is Jesus. And, and he ended up taking his life. Why? Because the struggle is real. People hit a wall, they don't understand. We don't see it, but they, they hit a wall and they feel, they, they begin to believe the lie. Well, I, I, I the church has created this expectation that I have to live this way, and then if I, can't, if I can't do that, then my only alternative is to walk away. Now, sometimes they may go to a church that, that may not hold them accountable or maybe a larger church where they can just be a number, and they don't have to really face their struggle. Instead of staying in a ministry or a church where we're family and we walk through our struggles together. Okay? So when you hit a wall, the reason it's so important is because enough is enough. Enough is enough. I'm tired of watching Christians slip and hit the, hit the ditch and hit the dirt and go, instead of dusting themselves off and get back up. And we're going to talk about that in part three, about the get back up. But instead, they turn and walk away. 
because they begin to believe the lie that I'm not good enough. They've been made to feel like you just need to sit and let God do a work in you. People have been told because they've been divorced, they can no longer work in ministry. Or because they blew it. And that is so funny because I thought about that today. Blew it? See, when you blow it, that means there was a goal you were trying to reach and you missed it. You blew it, right? So be encouraged that you blew it. I know that, that's, that's probably way crazy. But be encouraged that you blew it. Because what's, what's dangerous is when you do slip up, you recognize, but you don't care. There's no longer a struggle. When there's no longer a struggle, that means you're no longer in the fight. As long as you're in the struggle, as long as you're still warring, I told you last week, the enemy is trying to war with you. There is a pull. There is a pull. But as long as you're struggling, you're still in the game. Everybody say, I'm still in the game. I'm still in the game. I'm still in the game. So they hit a wall. They may have made some bad choices and found themselves in the ditch. And they've come to the conclusion that they've messed up so much that God doesn't love them anymore. God doesn't care and God could never use them. Just sit down and just pay your tithe and and serve where, where we need you. That's not the gospel. That is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. So last week we were in Romans chapter 7. I'm not going to reread that because if you were here, you know that was like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, uh, tongue twister, very conflicted. Um, you have to probably be in a room by yourself when you read that, but it was Romans 7, 14 through 24. But we were looking at the Apostle Paul who wrote most of the New Testament, who is one of the greatest apostles, and we see him in this kind of conflicted dilemma. And I told you last week that in Romans 6 he said, we're dead to sin. Everybody say the struggle's real. We're dead to sin. And then if you skipped over to, 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 to chapter 8, uh, where he says, I, the Holy Spirit is with me, and he's making intercession for me, and I'm more than a conqueror. But, but you can't go from 6 to 8. That's the package that the church would love for us to believe, that I'm dead to sin, I'm more than a conqueror. Praise God, everything's great. But that's not the truth. Because the struggle is real. So in chapter 7, even though he just said, I'm dead to sin... He's now saying, I've got an issue with sin. Why in the world is it that I continue to do the things that I'm not supposed to do? Why can't I do the things that I'm supposed to do? The struggle is real. I'm so glad he didn't skip over that because he didn't skip over humanity. We can actually see that it's okay. Everybody say, it's okay to struggle. Now, don't miss the content. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sure this up at the end because I know some other people are probably thinking, I know where he's going and I, I want to make sure he... I, I'm, don't miss the content. Turn to your neighbor to him and say, don't miss the content. Don't miss the content. So, so, so what he was saying is, he's, he's, he's painting a... I always wanted to play in the band when I was in school. It didn't work out for me because I didn't like to practice. But anyway, he's painting us a picture that the struggle is real. He's saying, I have these convictions, but my, but, but my character isn't matching my convictions. Now, this is the Apostle Paul. This isn't somebody who just grabs a mic and says, Pastor, let me talk because I feel like I got something. No, this is somebody who walks with God, who hears from God, who's saying, I have convictions, but my character... My actions don't measure up to my convictions. Sound familiar? He's saying, why am I struggling? Why do I continue to struggle? Listen, it's because the struggle is real. It doesn't matter who you are. You can be a volunteer in the church. You can lead 
the choir in the church. You can be a leader in the church. You can be a pastor in the church. It does not matter. The struggle is real. We all struggle. We say we all struggle. I love the transparency of Paul because for a lot of years I felt like I had to keep it, I had to have it all together because the people were, were judgmental. People who may know a little more than I do and maybe I don't articulate it the way that they do. Let me tell you something. The struggle's real. Be transparent. Jesus loves you in your transparency. Jesus loves me in my transparency. He loves me through my struggle. He loves me through my struggle. So in Romans 6, he says we've died to sin. But in Romans 7, he's going to go deeper and show us that we've now not only died to sin, but we listen, we've died to the law. And it's important that we get this and we understand this tonight. This is where I want you to lean into this. That, that as believers and followers of Jesus, we haven't just died to sin, but we've also died to the law. Now, I've, heard, I've, I've been around a lot of churches and, and ministry and seen things, and I've heard pastors say, no, we're not under the law, we're under grace, yet everything that comes out of their mouth is law. Conflict. Frustration. Everybody say the struggle was real. So, so Paul is, so as you go on in chapter 7, Paul illustrates, the, the, and he paints this picture, and I'll, I'll break it down in 2018 version for you. I think I may have done this this way before, but... Most of you know Amy and I have been married for 16 years, okay? But if I was to die tomorrow, which I'm not, but if I was to die tomorrow and Amy remarried in 10 years, (laughs) it would be so silly for her to go around day after day with her new husband feeling like she was committing adultery, right? Because what, what you need to understand is that when Bradley died, the law, that piece of paper, the authority of the marriage died with me. So when, I'm, when I died to sin, the law has no more authority in my life, over me. It has no more weight. Everybody say no more weight. You, you, you'd probably tell her things like, hey, it's okay, you don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to feel guilty. The, the covenant, the, the, the paper agreement, it died with, with him. And this is the exact illustration that Paul is giving to you and I when, he come, when it comes to the law. We have died to the law, therefore the law has no more weight or authority over my life. Let me give you some good news tonight. If you blow it, remember what I said about blow it. Blowing it means you had a goal and you missed it. That's okay. You don't have, the good news is, because you're not under the law, you don't have to walk around in shame. We don't have to walk around in guilt. We don't have to walk around in condemnation. Why? Because the law is no longer the thing that will save you. What's the point? Somebody said, what's the, well, B, what's the point of the law? Do we scrap it? Do we chunk it? Do we throw it? No, 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 no. We don't, we don't do that. No, Paul will lay out the purpose of the law. I want you to write this down for all of you who I know are taking notes tonight. Point number one is this, and it's the only point of the night, so grab it. The law, what's the purpose? Exposes sin listen the law is always exposing and multiplying you want to write that word in there too i didn't put it up there but it's 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 exposing and it's multiplying sin i want to show it to you go with me to romans chapter 7 begin with verse 7 if you don't have it on your bible it'll be on the big bible on the uh, 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 behind me it says this what shall we say then is the law sin certainly not Indeed, I would not have known what sin was except through the law. 
for I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, do not covet. But sin, listen, but sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment produced, say produced. <laughs> this is what the law did. It produced in me every kind of covetous desire. For apart from the law, sin is dead. Apart from the law, sin is dead. What Paul is trying to get us to see is that the law exposes and multiplies sin. He's saying, yes, I would have, I would have never known what sin was, but now that the rule is there, not only do I see the sin in my life, that's when we read Scripture and we, we, we look at things that, that is not pleasing to God. When, when I see the sin in my life, but it's, it's also increasing and multiplying. Have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed that you're doing pretty good until someone tells you not to do something? Come on now. Y- y- how many people get behind the wheel of a car? Y'all know that little sign when you turn out on the road? It says 55. What do we do? Adam's not in here. Y'all just be, y'all just be honest. Five over. Y'all got the five over rule? What do we do? Yeah. I'll never forget growing up, in, when I, I didn't care about having a girlfriend. I was, I, I was thinking ministry and other stuff, and I never thought about it until my parents said, you can't have a girlfriend. I thought, well, I need to go get me a girlfriend. Huh? And then there were some rules that applied to that. She needs to be saved. Well, that messed up some relationships. How many know that that mess up a relationship? Somebody say the struggle. It sure was. It's real. It's real. It's real. How many remember way back in the day, and I'm going to date myself. Y'all remember the, the, little, the little parental uh, sticker they used to put on secular music? Y'all remember that? Parental advisory? What was the purpose that all the closet Christians came out and forced that to happen? Why? Because they wanted to stop the duplication and production in those buying secular music. But what did it do? <laughs> it increased the sin. Now that's not, it doesn't say parental uh, advisory, I don't believe. I think it, it, you can go on iTunes and it says explicit or clean. And I'm just going to go ahead and be honest with you. I, I've heard music before and then I, I would go on iTunes and I only heard the clean version. I didn't even know there was an explicit version. But Curious George wants to know how in the world you can change this song that's so good. So I clicked on the E version. Transparency. I was like, yeah, that ain't for me. <laughs> but what does it do? It exposes sin, but it also multiplies the sin in our lives. The law exposes and multiplies. Listen, that's why in church, preaching the law will never, ever, ever produce a relationship with God. It'll produce religion, but religion at best is just behavior modification. And when you get in a mess, you get in a pickle, you blow it, you, you mess up. You don't need a religion, baby. You need a relationship. Listen, when Amy and I, early in our, in our and I'm glad she's serving next door. Earlier, I, did, I guess I got nervous about it. But earlier in our marriage, when I just say, B blew it. I didn't go back, I didn't go back to the courthouse and pull the document up that was you know the legal document that said on this day we said I'll love you through sickness and health and good and bad and when we have a lot and when we have nothing at all which was most of the time 
I didn't go back to that trying to work out my marriage. How did we still last 16 years later? It was through relationship, not a, not a law, not a legal, legal document. Are you tracking me tonight? I know that sounded dumb, but the way that the Holy Spirit gave that to me, I was like, well, that, that doggone makes sense. It's through relationship that you're going to get out of the ditch, not through a religious experience. Religion will never, ever get you closer to where you need to be with God. When the struggle gets real and life gets just topsy-turvy, what you need is a relationship. Everybody say relationship. Listen, get this in your spirit. The law didn't encourage obedience. It encouraged disobedience. For generations, people have been screaming out, I'm struggling. You don't hear them saying it, but you can see, you know, when, you know, when they come into church and the wife tries to reach over and grab the hand and the husband, or usually that's probably the other way around. The husband or the wife, you know, disses him. I'm struggling. There's a struggle in my marriage. People have been struggling for years, and, and, and the message that the churches preach, what they feel is, I got to go do more of the law. I got to go do more. But see, religion causes us to believe there's something that we have to do. Grace, what we're under grace, it, the meaning of that is that there's something that God already did. There's nothing more you can do. Why am I pushing so hard on this? Because whether it's going to be this week or next week, you're going to fall short. You're going to blow it. You're going to have some issues. And the enemy's going to whisper in your ear, you're weak, you're a failure, God can't use you. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. And if you need some clarification, go back to the podcast and come in at about, I don't know, nine and a half minutes in so you can hear my voice say, that is a lie. You keep pushing. You keep struggling. Because the struggle is real. The struggle is real. Listen, the law will never, ever, ever give you peace. There's, there's a difference between being disciplined and tormented. The law will torment you. There's nothing wrong with being disciplined. I could be more disciplined in some areas. Transparency. The enemy is the one who comes to torment us. Remember, don't, don't miss the content. I'm going to sure all this up. Just give me a minute. The law will leave you more and more frustrated. Paul shows us that it, it exposes sin, but he also shows us that the, that the law directs me to God. So what's the purpose of the law? It's not the vehicle to God. It's the direction to him. It shows me that I have an issue. Yes, I got sin issues it shows me the direction to God but it's not the vehicle the law is not bad it's pointing you and I to God it's showing us that we need God so let me back this up in scripture go to Romans chapter 6 just flip not even one page just move your eyes over to 614 it says this for sin shall not be your master because you were not under the law but under grace not under what not what, huh, what? But under grace. Listen, trying to live under, under the law produces sin. It will also produce frustration. He's saying you're not under the law, you're under grace. I wrote this down. The law, the law indicated the sickness, but it was grace that brought the cure. It identifies that we are sick. That I have issues, but it's grace that brought the cure. 
It's his grace. Everybody say his grace. It's not for me to distribute. It's not for me to, to, to keep it in my pocket and hold it like a surprise and, and, and see if the church turns tricks and, oh, you did good, so I'm going to give you a little bit. That's not my place. Because sometimes I don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do the trick the way the church says I should do the trick. Funny, tricks are for kids. I'm, trying, I'm just trying to be pleasing to, to the Father, admitting that I struggle. I could never, ever, 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 never, never, never keep the law. Never. Don't matter if I got a PhD, if I'm R2-D2, if I've been to seminary for 50 years. I will never, ever, ever come up to the level that the law says I should. Never. You won't, I won't. Only one who did it. In closing, somebody say, really? Yeah. Because there's something I want to do. Actually, it's what he wants to do. Because, see, I understand that if sharing this message on a Sunday, I'm, there's allotted more time. And on Wednesday, time is limited. And I think that it's very important that you grasp the information. Because I gave, if I give you a lot of truth, you'll walk out the door forgetting truth. What do, you, what do you mean, B? Well, simply this. When you mess up, you blow it, you stumble, you fall, you struggle, you fight, you pitch a fit, you go on Facebook, you blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then you say, yeah, I, I did. I messed it. I messed up. And you try to come to church. You lay your clothes out on Saturday, and you hear that, that devil. Or you might even hear your spouse say, oh, you're going to take us to church. After you just cussed us and the kids out, you're going to take us to church? Baby, if you cussing kids out, the place you need to be is the church. Remember what I told you what a hypocrite is? The only thing that will slap you in the hypocrite bracket quicker is for you to walk around thinking you ain't got no struggle. So you cuss somebody out, you give them the finger at the light, bless God, you, you get to church. I could tell you funny stories of how I blew it, but and I, I really was going to, but I'm not, because then y'all, you know, some of y'all be real judgmental. Let me be clear. Let me sure this up. This is not a sloppy grace message. Okay? This is not sloppy. There are pastors and there are ministries. God just loves everybody. And now this is, I don't believe that I should ever use God's time to slam, smash, or cast judgment on another church. Ever. But I understand there are ministries that do share that. that just, just, okay, sirrah, sirrah, just Jesus loves you. Grace will cover it. It's okay. Just come on in. Write that $1,000 check. Praise God. Because he just loves everybody. His love is reckless. Yes, we sing that. But His grace is sure solid. His love is reckless. It don't make no sense. Reckless love. Bless God, we got... I'm not going to say that because I just said I'm not going to talk about other churches. It's reckless. Reckless. Not perfect. Reckless. That means it comes in and messes everything up that the traditional church thinks you got to have. It's reckless. We want to come in. It's all. You like my suit? 
that matches my socks and my tie. Now, his love is reckless, but his grace is sure solid. It's not sloppy. So you will never ever hear me try to regurgitate some crap from another ministry or a pastor because I just don't believe that. It's not, it's not sloppy. It's very sure. Grace is not a license to sin. I, I need everybody's attention right here. Grace, because I know you heard me jamming. I, it wasn't even that I was jamming. That was your interpretation that I was jamming on the law. No, 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 no. I just put it in, into perspective of what it biblically stands for. It points me to Jesus, exposes my, my, my flaws, but it's not the vehicle to get me there. Now, listen. We all have sin struggles. You heard me talk about that last week. We all have issues. Mine may look different than yours. But we got it. This is where it changes. If it's a struggle, that means I identify that the Bible calls it sin. The struggle is I'm trying to stop. That's why it's called a struggle. But if I knowingly know that it's sin, and I continue anyway thinking God's going to wink at you. Oh, you want me to prove it? Let's go. Flip over. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. I, I, I don't know how else to make this clear. Okay? If it's a struggle, that means you're trying to stop. I struggle with stuff. I'm trying to stop. But if I know that it's sin and I do it anyway, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, I'm not saying this. He said it. No sacrifice for those sins is left. But only a fearful expectation. I know we're not supposed to fear God. I'm just, yeah, you are. A reverential fear. This ain't Casper, boo, trying to get you to run and hide. But only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire, aka hell. That's where you go. Unrepented sin. When it's no longer a struggle. That will consume the enemies of God. Somebody say, I'm not an enemy of God. I love him. He understands. He knows my story. He knows why I'm stuck where I'm at. He does understand, but he refuses to let you stay there. But he's not a, he's not a micromanager that he's going to turn you and make you shift and move and make you serve him and make you give up that whatever that is. That you said it's okay. It's not okay. I'm talking about struggle. I mean, I'm talking about the things that we, that's no longer a struggle. We just okay with. And tonight, if that's you, we're going to be bold tonight. We're going to say a prayer. And, and some, repenting is not, I'm sorry I got caught. Repenting is, I changed my mind about this thing. This thing that I once said is okay. I'm not doing this anymore because it's not worth me going to hell. Sure, our stories suck. And our stories are really, really bad. And your story may be worse than mine. But it's not worth going to hell over. I don't know how, how much more plain you can make this. 
Oh, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm standing in the balance tonight. I'm doing. I, yeah, I really almost did. I feel like I'm standing, going. This may be the only opportunity left that you get. I don't know what's going to happen when you leave this place and lay your head down tonight. If you even have the opportunity. Really, what I said prior to this is good, but this moment right here is life or death. We all got struggles, but there are some that may have secret. Maybe it's not even a secret. It ain't a secret. Jesus knows. That's what we used to tell Brittany all the time. And I tried, we tried, we used it too. We used it too. When Brittany was growing up, they used it. And then we tried it with our girls. Jesus knows. It's not a secret to him. He knows. And it's not my voice you're hearing tonight. It's his voice that you're hearing tonight that's saying, I refuse to let you stay where you are. It's not okay. Did I make that clear? Does everybody understand now? Because I, I really, I really felt like I was teetering on some people may maybe listen and maybe not because they heard me bashing something that was very holy. Oh, it's holy. It's it's gonna get me, it's gonna point me to where I need to be, but it's not gonna get me there. Everybody's standing all over this room. Every head bowed, every eye closed. First, I want to do this. If you're here tonight and you say, I am struggling and I need to be empowered to get through this. I'm struggling. I know it's wrong. Ain't nobody going to ask you what it is. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Ain't nobody looking around. You say, I'm struggling, but I need his empowerment in this moment before I leave here tonight for him to help me break this assignment that's on my life because it is an assignment it's an attack that the enemy is trying to take you out remember what I said he might not can get he might not can take you out of the fight but he may set you up to disqualify you from the fight if you're here tonight and that's you, I want you to raise your hand all over this place. Shoot it up. Say, I'm str- I struggle and I need him to empower me. Repeat this after me, oh God. I come before you now. Full transparency. You know my struggle. You know how bad I want to let it go. And I'm acknowledging without you, it'll never happen. I need you to empower me to loose the shackles, the assignment, and to be smarter to the enemy's scheme and his plan of trying to wreck my future and my destiny. 
Because you see, family, that's what he's trying to do. The reason that he is that he's implementing all of these targets and these things that keeps coming around is because he's trying to discredit your, your future and your destiny. But God's already made you a promise. So receive his power now in the name of Jesus. Receive his power now in the name of Jesus. And maybe you should be saying, I receive. I receive. I receive. Does that mean that because you prayed the prayer, he's not going to bother you? Mm-mm. 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 Matter of fact, he's going to turn the heat up a little bit more. That's why we prayed, God, make me more aware of him coming around so that I can resist him. I said it last week. Always look for an out. Always know what your out is. Whatever it is you're struggling with, when that opportunity arises, go to your out. Go to your out. You can put your hand down. If you're here tonight, this is bold move. Bold move. But what you think about me ain't worth me going to hell. If you're here tonight and you say, B, it's no longer a struggle. I've adopted it. I've accepted it. I've even pulled out my story of justification, what has led me to this in my life. I know the Bible calls it sin. I know the Bible says that If I don't get it right, I'll go to hell. No ifs, ands, or buts. You can't continue to do what the Word says is wrong and think you're going to slide in. That's sloppy grace. So, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm trying to make this as seamless as possible because I want to see some people get set free tonight. And I'm not even playing. I know why I struggled in worship tonight. I know why my mind was struggling delivering the word tonight because of this moment right here. If you say B, it's no longer a struggle. I've accepted it. I've adopted it. And I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to know the end result. I already know. I don't want it to happen. And I want to be set free. Remember, there's no big sin or little sin. It's all sin. But if you're here tonight, and it's not. And I almost said it this way. This is not a. Can you just move me to the struggle moment so I can just struggle with it? Mm-mm. This is totally set free. If you want to be released of that demonic spirit, if you want to be released from being tormented, depression, anxiety, all that stuff, it all comes. You may think it, it, you wonder why everything's crazy and everything gets out of, out of, out of whack. It's because it's no longer a struggle. It's called conviction. Conviction isn't my job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. I'm not trying to preach a message to make you feel bad. That's not my job. 
But if you say, I want to be set free tonight, I don't want this anymore. I want to be set free. I'm telling you, the power of God can be so strong to set you free of whatever that is right now. If that's you, I want you to shoot your hand up just as fast as you can. Now I want you to come in front of this place as fast as you can. Come all the way to the front, all the way to the front, all the way to the front, all the way to the front. I know it's Wednesday night. I know people got school, but I didn't, I just, I had to pull it out this way. You want to be set free? Come on, you want to be set free? Somebody needs to say, I want to be set free. Somebody needs to be screaming as loud as you can. I want to be... Because what's happening is the enemy is so up in your face. You think he's a silent killer. No, he's a loud killer. He's trying to take you out. He's convinced you that what you're doing is okay. It's not okay. I'm going to ask dad to come. Robin, I want you all to make a line. This, I, I, I'm just totally obeying the Holy Spirit. I thought, can we say a prayer? Mm-mm. You need the anointing. You need the oil to be placed on your head so that it runs down to your feet. So we're going to anoint your head and your toes. Don't take your shoes off. We're anointing your head and your feet. Listen. The enemy has no business touching your life. It's broken. I'm putting words in your mouth right here. This is what I want you to begin saying. As you're getting hands, hands laid on you and anointed with oil, I receive. It is broken. Chains are broken in my life. Just simply you can say that verbiage. However you want to communicate that you're sick and tired of battling this same thing over and over and over and over. I don't know, maybe you want to put your hands in the air. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm just trying to say that spirit, whatever it is on your life, it has to, it has to go out of somewhere. And the, the surest way is when your hands are up, whatever that is. I'm not saying you're demon-possessed. I'm saying there is an oppression, oppression, a demonic spirit that is trying to torment you and take you out. And you're just putting your hands in the air and you're saying, go in the name of Jesus. Go now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Bring that music up. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The rest of y'all that are in your seats, begin just worshiping all over this room. What we're doing right here is very, very serious business. In the name of Jesus. 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 I've seen you move, and I believe you're going to do it again. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, set free in the name of Jesus. Assignments broken, chains loosened in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Jesus in the name of Jesus
And don't let the enemy, it's, this is not, a, it's not a feeling. So don't let the enemy go, well, what was that? I, I didn't feel nothing. No, you just, you just stand on God's word that he wants better for your life than where you are right now, where you've been. He wants better for your life. And the thing that's been stopping you from getting better, the thing that's been stopping you is this secret, this thing that is no longer a struggle. It's just what we've adopted. back around tomorrow Jesus they didn't say you're going to have to he's still going to try to pull Jesus something about that name Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.